0: Welcome to the Viola Centric Podcast. We are two curious violists finding inspiration through authentic and challenging conversations in the professional music world. I'm Liz.
1: And I'm Steph. Let's jump in the deep end.
0: Hi. Hey, everybody. Guess what? It's the recap nobody asked for episode (laughs) three.
1: (laughs) You can't get away from us doing this recap we're doing it it's going in your feeds like it or not
0: it's really fun yeah it is fun it's I'm enjoying myself and I'm glad you did it I'm glad you no not that you did it that you (laughs) urged me to do it I roped you into it (laughs) gently nudged (laughs) (laughs) I had to say okay you know Mm -hmm. there's this takes two to tango and it's worth it it's totally worth it
1: yay I'm glad
0: so uh, what I was going to say to you before I hit the record button was I don't have as many notes for this episode because I actually kind of enjoyed this episode. I was I didn't, more into it. It, it, it. The characters are
1: developing mm-hmm. and I'm becoming a little bit more attached to them. It's not, you know what, I can kind of see past. At, at the beginning, I was very intent and critical of all of the instrument playing and all the things that were wrong with it and now that's kind of softened and I'm kind of suspending disbelief (laughs) a little bit
0: yes well and and weirdly enough I mean we'll get into it when we talk about the scenes but weirdly enough I feel like everything is starting to feel a little more like stuff that could happen I I found myself multiple times in the episode being like that's not that crazy that like could happen in our lives which felt refreshing also i forgot to lead off with this this is what i put in all caps when i saw the the little screenshot image of the episode when you go to play it Uh jason schwartzman i know (laughs) we got a jason schwartzman appearance which is like a real uh i don't know is that sort of a Throwback to people of our generation who will see it, and be like, "Oh, Jason Schwartzman! He was in all those movies when we were younger." Like, yeah.
1: Well, it lends a little credibility, I
0: think, for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true.
1: Like he saw something in this. He's like, you know what? I can do something with that character. Yeah,
0: yeah. And but he well, does. Oh, he alert. does. Oh my God! I can't wait to talk about that because it's so on point. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but first. Oh, were you super excited for the first scene?
1: I was like, yes, we're back on Broadway. So we're we catch up with
0: Get some more the Broadway production of
1: Oedipus. And um oh. and I, it was hilarious <laughs> I thought it was hilarious because I just finished a run of a show. And so this <laughs> felt very poignant to me. People in we see the the main character up on stage and we're seeing it through a recording device so someone is like bootlegging obviously
0: <laughs> this okay. His hot take hot, hot bootleg yes
1: um this production of Oedipus but it flashes down to the pit and what the pit musicians are doing while they're not playing and uh, uh, okay nobody in my production was doing this but there's <laughs> like there's a guy eating noodles
0: yep somebody vaping
1: there's some yes and yep. then there's someone knitting <laughs> Which is not that far off. Right. Not that far off at all. When you know a show really well and you know b- basically what you need to listen for before you come in again, I could totally see somebody like picking up some knitting needles and, you know, finishing them off their scarf or whatever. <laughs>
0: um, I need to do a little research because wasn't there something in the pit, maybe by the drummer that was it was like a stick like flag or poster or something at the very beginning oh i didn't see that and i was wondering if maybe one of the people in the pit is in sticks like if it was like a funny cameo kind of thing i need to look that up um i thought that was really funny and also um i caught it later so this was in a later scene but i just wanted to say i i I heard what the title is which is oedipus's toga (laughs) it's the name of the musical which is so stupid. (laughs) Another funny,
1: um, not funny, but like crazy story I heard about um, pit work. I have a friend who toured with Hamilton and she was telling me that during the first year of your run with a tour, a national tour, you cannot sub out at all.
0: Oh my God.
1: So if you get sick, you have to just like, take some drugs and do it. She said for a while their drummer was super sick and he just had a bucket next to his drum set. (gasps) So it's brutal down there. Those tours are completely um, life-consuming. That
0: is like the definition of trenches.
1: (laughs) Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally in the trenches. But it doesn't look like life is that hard for these, these musicians. And... What we find out is this opening scene the main character Oedipus <laughs> sees the person uh recording the production and basically calls them out and walks off and completely quits the production and so they have to cancel the show which is what we learn later.
0: He he rushes the he tackles the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he flies off the stage, which is kind of a dream. Like I Yeah, you know I've, I've been to some comedy shows where they make you lock your phone before you go in and you can't have oh. access to it until you're out because they don't want people oh, taking really? video. Yeah, um, Dave Chappelle, I've been to a couple of, of shows. And uh, actually, I think Aziz Ansari was the same. Anyway, they they are filming for a special, so they don't want you to give any of the jokes away, basically. and mm-hmm. um, And somehow, there's always some... Disrespectful person who insists on having their phone out. Like somehow they sneak it in past the guards. And so they're playing on their phone or whatever. And I do have to say, like, even as an audience member, I get very irritated by that. I feel like totally. I would be very, I feel validated by someone on stage rushing the guy taking video of them illegally. (laughs) It's very funny. Very, very funny. But yeah, then now it's no more. Yes. More so scenes. now,
1: now that work is gone. Yep. <laughs> and then we flash to the rehearsal. So they're still pre- they're still preparing this concert where <laughs> they're doing the Hungarian, Hungarian dance <laughs> <dances> <laughs> yeah. has been has replaced. Uh, what was it, Mahler?
0: 8? Mahler eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause so they don't need five oboes.
1: Yeah. So we're seeing Rodrigo at the front of the orchestra, and mm-hmm. he's wearing. I don't. Kind of ridiculous thing on his head. Well, what is he wearing?
0: Why is he wearing
1: (laughs) it? And why?
0: Is it wearing Hungarian?
1: I don't know. Maybe he's getting in the spirit. It's some kind of head wrap. And I don't want to say something insensitive, but I don't yeah. think that he belongs yeah. to the culture that would normally wear this head wrap.
0: Yeah, it's hard to know. It's definitely okay. definitely hard to know what the head wrap is and why he's wearing it. Why he's appropriating it. Maybe someone might know. Maybe someone can tell us what it was and whether or not he was appropriating. I don't know. Maybe there's something in Latin American culture
1: that... Oh, yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah.
0: Um, but... I, I felt like I was really... I was really interested in watching how there's like obvious musicians and then there's obvious actors. <laughs> it's so it's so clear who's who, but honestly, I don't know, like up to a certain point I felt like there was a pretty legitimate rehearsal kind of thing going on. Um yeah, he's he's obviously trying to connect
1: with the orchestra. So yeah. he's endearing himself to them.
0: I really loved. I really loved that whole. Like he made this speech about you know the fact that it's not about any individual person. It's about and it's not about him. It's about the music. And um, and what I loved is he was giving this like really meta kind of inspirational talk. And then they, as soon as he leads over to the other one, and says, "So so he like wants us to go faster. <laughs> Does he want it
1: louder or faster?"
0: And, and I thought, well, yes, there's there's that musician in every orchestra who's like not getting swept up in the message and doesn't understand what's being said at all. It's like, so is he asking us just to go faster? I mean,
1: I've been there too, though. Like the conductor says something totally abstract <laughs> and you just don't know how to interpret it. So do you want us to play louder there? Do you want more crescendo? <laughs> Can you just <laughs> lay it out for some of us?
0: I wonder if maybe this is a thing that music directors should take note of, that there should be a hybrid because I always respond better to abstract, just always, but mm. but like, they probably need to be able to infuse us with both. <laughs> yes. You need to speak to your Liz's and your Stephanie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, that was pretty... Yeah, so he says, music happens in the silence between the notes, which is a... Trope that we have all heard many, many times. <laughs> yes, yes. I I rolled my eyes so hard when he said that that I think that my eyes never were back to normal.
0: Yeah, that might have been a that might have been a quote for the uh, for the Muggles out there. Mm. You know, like they don't understand that we have heard that for our whole yes. lives. Um But I did tell Matt. So I was watching it with Matt and. <laughs> And when they started doing the silent symphony exercise, so then we took this silence really literally, uh-huh. and we had a mimicking orchestra, like everyone was pretending to play their instruments. And I laughed pretty hard, but then I said, actually, I'll be honest, I could imagine a director saying, nobody play a note, just look at your music, I will conduct and you hear what you want to play in it. But they probably wouldn't make us pretend. Oh, no, probably not. true. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that actually happens a little bit later
0: <laughs> yeah. oh does it oh i skipped oh okay. yeah
1: they flash back to it i mean yeah they they're doing like kind of a cut scene oh is thing. this
0: after the break oh yeah oh, oh yeah so right. union bob's like <laughs> after he says music is in the silence union bob <laughs> union bob says
1: it's time for our our bathroom break <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, it's kind of funny. We see some of the orchestra members and like what they talk about. Cynthia's talking to a violist who has uh, a wedding gig later in the day. Rich person wedding gig yes. out on
0: the island or whatever they said. Yes. And I was like, oh. yes,
1: that sounds about right.
0: Yeah. And the one guy's like, what's the Wi-Fi password? I was like, this is this is all very accurate. That's what yeah. This is what a break looks like when we go on break. People yeah. pairing off and talking yeah. as they Just exit talking. the stage. Yep. Yeah.
1: The tympanist dealing drugs, you know. As as they do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then we flash to Cynthia's using the restroom, and of course, Rodrigo has to use the women's restroom because yeah. it's cleaner. It's cleaner. It's... And this gives them a chance to interact. Yeah. And for us to wonder if there's something going to happen with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cynthia's she's putting some signals out there. Yeah showed him her high thigh tattoo. Yeah, so... She,
1: <laughs> she flashes him her bass cleft tattoo, which is, like, on the inner part of her thigh, quite far up, and he's like, oh, yeah, I saw that when you were playing. How is she playing the cello? <laughs> where not only... Okay, I understand how playing cello works, how you have to sit, but is your skirt hiked up that far also?
0: <laughs> yeah, I would think that... um I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that no cellist would probably wear something like that. But I think that from a non-musician perspective, the idea of these women having an instrument between their legs is too, like, d- spicy to pass up. And so they, they had to resist. put something in the scene that's like, her skirt is so short, he sees her inner thigh. Like, that would never happen in real life, I don't think. I, beyond a certain age, but... I did have a funny, like, the one of the orchestra directors in the area, my friend whose dad um, was an orchestra director for many, many years at, in high school. He had, like, a black, like, cloth that was, like, four by four or something. And if any girls in school came to their orchestra concert to play and they were, like, not wearing a long enough skirt, he would make them put it on their
1: legs. That actually triggers a memory. I was, I was in like high school or something and I was wearing a very nice um, dress, a formal black dress. And it had a slit, one of those like overlapping kind of skirt slits. Yep. Where when you're standing, it doesn't even look like there's a slit, but then you sit down. And I remember that awkward struggling to keep it <laughs> appropriately positioned while I was playing. Yep. And during intermission... A mom from the audience, clearly is a mom, said, here, honey, I think you need this. She gave me a safety pin. (laughs) Uh
0: Oh, no oh no I
1: guess you could see that I was kind of struggling with it but that was yeah that's like burned in my
0: brain yeah sometimes we make these wardrobe choices and and we don't really think about the consequences of well the and I was early in my yeah.
1: playing career too so I had no idea like what to can expect. I tell you
0: this is a this is like a an embarrassing admission actually it's not anymore because I was just thinking this is Yeah. So, you know, they were like these real enforced dress codes for girls. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's still to this day, this is a thing, and we've talked about it before. I would purposely try to get away with wearing the shortest skirt possible.
1: That sounds like you.
0: And I realize now, it wasn't so much about like trying to look a certain way. It was about being like, no, I'm going to wear what I want to (laughs) wear. It's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, I think you're like obliger slash questioners
0: yeah you're on that spectrum or down to rebel rebel it's like obliger to yeah. rebel yeah, when yeah. i yeah that's true because if i get into like resistance mode like by nature i'm an obliger if i get into resistance i go into rebel i don't go into yeah yeah, yeah. i've never thought about that before but i do have kind of a rebellious streak uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, anyway, say. that's yeah wardrobe anyway, adventures. Anyway, so in in the uh, was in a sexy the rest moment. Room. I mean, it was it was sexy.
1: I mean, yeah, it was <laughs> sexy. She's sexy. Yeah, and he gives her his bracelet because she admires his bracelet, and so and that he just comes gives back later. Her.
0: Yeah, and said something else about you know something uh,
1: a souvenir, a souvenir. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. She's collecting her souvenirs. Yeah. Located in a historic mansion in Tacoma Park, Maryland, you might get the impression that the team at Potter Violins are as formal as the breathtaking building that they work in, but when you go inside, instead you'll find the most relatable, skilled, and friendly staff.
1: Yes, the people at Potter's are what really make it a special place. I love visiting because I know that whoever I work with is not going to make me feel like I'm crazy or just being picky. They're kind of like your favorite bartender. (laughs) They're great listeners who give you what you need
0: without judgment. (laughs) Yes, their technicians are not only super talented, creative, and resourceful, they take the time to collaborate with you so that the process of getting your instrument at its best really feels like a partnership.
1: So if you're in the area, definitely stop by and introduce yourself to Chris, Rob, Kimberly, Derek, Jim, Melissa, and the whole
0: team, or visit potterviolins.com to find what you need online. It's so fitting then that their shop is in this beautiful old house because the staff at Potter's really makes it feel like home.
1: Season three is sponsored by the Arcrest. You know, Liz and I are always being asked about our Arcrests, and we're happy to share how much we love them. The freedom of movement has been life-changing for me.
0: Me too, and I love how using the Arcrest allows my instrument to vibrate fully. And depending on how my body's feeling, I can also change the placement of the bass. Although
1: Aaron and Tigran started the company in their home workshop, they've come a long way, continuing to innovate by experimenting with harder and softer woods, and even new materials like
0: fiberglass. There are bases for violin, viola, and even for small fractional instruments. And there are foam pads of different thicknesses. So you can find one that fits your body or instrument perfectly. And the guys over at Arcrest are sharing a special discount code for
1: our listeners. Use the code VIOLACENTRIC for 10% off anything on their
0: site. Yes, check out their offerings at thearcrest.com. That's T-H-E-A-R-C-R-E-S-T.com. And don't forget to use the code VIOLACENTRIC. Being freelance
1: musicians means gigging in lots of different places with very unpredictable lighting
0: situations. Oh my gosh, yes. How many times have you shown up to a church gig and wondered if you'll actually be able to see the music by showtime? Many times. Or it's a cocktail hour in a restaurant
1: with ambient mood lighting at best.
0: (laughs) We've all been there and have used those alien looking bendy lights that only light up the top of the page so that by the bottom of the music you're sometimes just guessing or maybe we'll call it being creative. We didn't know it at the time but the Aria lights could have saved us lots of eye strain and unplanned improvisation.
1: Yes, and with a rechargeable battery that lasts eight hours you'll never have to carry backup double a's in your case you'll just charge it up at home and take the aria to your gig
0: the battery will even hold a charge
1: for years between uses not that you would go that long
0: thank you so much to aria Lights for their support this season please check them out at Ariolites.com.
1: and then we flash to uh
0: a cute to yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Alex and Haley are having a, a day date where they're day drinking. Yep. And she's bummed that her show has been cancelled and she's like, What am I gonna do for money? Which is yeah. very relatable. Yeah,
0: she's feeling very despondent about the various ways that her job hasn't hasn't turned out the way her career isn't turning out the way she wants it to right now. And mm-hmm. and they're drinking out of a bag, which I really admire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sharing a little beer or something in the in the mm-hmm. bag and yeah yeah he's and he's like lifting her spirit he's doing a very good job Alex is being very supportive he's a good listener yeah I like those scenes mm-hmm. um now we get to how <laughs> we get to the meat of the episode Jason Schwartzman <laughs> okay A.K.A so, Bradford Sharp
1: <laughs> yes so we flash to uh, thomas in his like office and he's he's expecting a journalist <laughs> who's going to do a profile piece for him in some kind of i don't know publication mm-hmm. so jason schwartzman or um what's his name bradford sharp <laughs> yes,
0: bradford. shows up
1: with his little backpack
0: <laughs> his little podcast backpack
1: and we find out that he has a podcast <laughs> and not only does he have a podcast but it's called be sharp
0: (laughs) yes which is uh, we find out later but yes it's a (laughs) hundred percent there's so many things about this i i literally when we were watching i was like oh my god we're gonna record a podcast about someone recording a podcast
1: (laughs) yes and so all of those little inside within a dream jokes are hilarious too um so he's 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 kind of surprised that it's a podcast he was um,
0: expecting cameras and he was talking about his best angles and
1: yeah yeah embarrassed so we're we're left kind of hanging at this point in the episode like what's this podcast going to be like is we want to see more of Jason Schwartzman that's course um and we see they flash over to Haley and Alex who are now busking Mm -hmm. at some kind of park in New York yep and she's playing oboe and he's interpretive dancing
0: (laughs) yeah i i i'm not sure how good of a dancer alex is you know i wasn't
1: that impressed with his moves
0: for someone who's studying ballet at juilliard i i think he could have been doing better but i will say i really liked the sentiment behind this little adventure that they had because it's like and it's true for us too that there's somewhere anywhere you could play the way you're trained to play and people will go, oh, my God, that's amazing.
1: You know, that's a really good point, because I had more of a critical eye on. And when all of the crowds started cheering and applauding, I was like, these New Yorkers have low
0: standards. Yeah. <laughs> now, there would never be that crowd. Like, they would not <laughs> assemble to see.
1: No oh, one I one's going to stop to watch an oboe player and a dancer. Well, it is I'm sorry, oboe players don't. It's nothing personal.
0: I think it's a weird combo of things happening. Maybe because mm-hmm. Alex was, like, rousing them up. Maybe that's why there was a crowd. Like, if she Maybe. was just standing there playing oboe by herself, they people would give her money, probably, but they wouldn't, like... Maybe. There wouldn't be a massive crowd that starts cheering.
1: I don't know. Oboe players, have you ever busked? What is, what is your experience been? What did you rake in?
0: <laughs> but I think the the concept of, like because I feel this way often you know so much so much of our work can be like oh god nobody cares what we're doing or I'm not good enough for anything yes and and the truth is like that's it's just not true you know there's lots of people think it's incredible what we do so I thought that was a nice little that was nice I like those scenes like the Alex Haley scenes doing a good job (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, so back to B-Sharp. Oh, the way he says it when he's like, Welcome to B-Sharp with Bradford Sharp. This gave me a lot of flashbacks to our podcasting
1: <laughs> and writing intros. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he starts recording, gets, gets everything set up, and... He's reading an intro for Thomas, who's the conductor emeritus. And it just cracked me up how he was reading this long extended intro. And Thomas is like, obviously getting bored and antsy.
0: (laughs) And I wonder...
1: About our per- our our recording <laughs> sessions and our guests. So. Yes,
0: um, he has the same microphone we do.
1: I noticed that too. <laughs> I was
0: very excited about that. So I. If it's
1: good enough for Brandon Sharp.
0: That's right. Now the the only thing that's a bummer is that clearly he's not there to interview Thomas about Thomas. He's there to interview Thomas about Rodrigo, right. and. um it, it keeps, like, Thomas just can't get a break. I, I feel bad for Thomas in this scenario, because I'm like, oh, man, he thinks he's getting to talk about his his career, and mm-hmm. and instead he's just being pressed. Um. Oh, there's the silent symphony. I'm looking at my notes. I did jump way ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but I laughed so hard at this scene when it, it, Thomas is like, i'll be right back and he leaves and he finds the random intern who's got the one arm who's making copies constantly (laughs) and and he says at first come back come and get me in 10 minutes and say i have my appointment can't wait and i thought to myself like 10 minutes is a long time if you're trying to get out of this thing (laughs)
1: yeah and he has second thoughts and he's like okay five minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) come get me in five minutes yes so then we shift into rehearsal again where the silent symphony is going on and Rodrigo is just berating the trombonist and trying to get him to do more and more and more. And this poor trombonist just
1: collapses. Keels over. He keels over, yes. From fake playing.
0: From <laughs> fake he exhausts himself so much from the fake playing that he like had a heart episode basically.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so they go to see him in the hospital later. And he's like deathbed bequeathing things to people. So he's like, Cynthia, Cynthia, thank you for coming to see me. Can you take over the orchestra committee? And I was like, (laughs) This is not the way that things work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not procedure.
0: That's literally what I thought. I was like, this is a very tender moment, but this is not how this would go down. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bequeath someone the orchestra committee chair. Yes. It FYI, everybody, it has to be voted on. You can't. Yeah, that's not a thing. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know. P.S. I was saying I love this actor who's the trombone guy he's actually kind of not like well known but he's been in a lot of things I mm-hmm. originally thought he was in The Holiday which is a movie I'm obsessed with I love that movie so much um, I think I've seen that but now that I thought about it I think he was in um, In Her Shoes also a movie I really love lots of chick flick stuff going oh, on
1: there I don't know either of those
0: movies what? you have to watch them both start with The Holiday though you will okay. love it <laughs> I promise right. it's worth it. <laughs> My sister and I—it doesn't matter like what time. A lot of times they show that in July on TV, and we're like, "Are you watching the holiday right now?" And she's like, "I watch a watching. Christmas
1: movie. <laughs> it is a Christmas movie.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's <Okay. clears throat> it's a rom-com set at Christmas time. That's that's what I would call it. Anyway, um, yeah. So obviously Rodrigo's feeling pretty guilty. Uh huh. Um so, so he serenades he, him on the violin. Little but lark also, ascending. I was just I don't know if I'm just feeling more generous or what, but I also thought that was very tender.
1: What music director would come and I can't think of anybody who'd visit me in the hospital. <laughs> Luke well, maybe. I bet Luke would.
0: Yeah, if it happened. Uh, yeah, Luke. Is probably the the one, one of the few, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But it but was But certainly nice. wouldn't serenade them with a beautiful song. And you could see, like, it was like a tender moment. It was just, yeah, all around kind of lovely.
1: Yeah. So I'm liking him a little bit better. Yeah. And then we go over to Alex and Haley are in a cab, and they've been drinking all day. So they're a little bit bold.
0: Yeah, she's a little and fired up
1: yeah and Haley is ready to give people what for about her paycheck,
0: <laughs> yep yep
1: for her you know fifteen minutes of fame <laughs> so she's she goes over to Symphony Hall and she takes it up with the payroll people, and they're clearly the payroll person and Shannon, who's Rodrigo's assistant, right. They're kind of like, you can tell they're making fun of Haley and what happened.
0: Which, why? Why? That's not, that isn't real. (laughs) That would never happen. (laughs) No. It'd be more like, oh, this was uncomfortable that this happened to her. You know, it'd be like that. It wouldn't be like, ah, that was so fun. They're like hysterically laughing at her. It's it's like a Mean Girls episode, but it's not. Exaggerated Mean Girls. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: So she gives him a piece of her mind.
0: Yeah, she did good. That was a pretty epic meltdown.
1: Yeah. Uh, She's like, I've been practicing five hours a day for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. How long have you been sitting at a desk practicing being a... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, boom. I said, get him. Go yeah. off, Haley. That's also,
0: oboists double read players do you practice five hours a day seven days a week like I, I'd we just, still don't
1: have that answered how long can you actually <sighs> physically play the oboe before you should not be playing the oboe anymore
0: <laughs> i just feel like that's that a lot that's a lot of that's a lot yeah um
1: so we one day we'll find this out but yeah, yeah. and Roderick, clearly she hasn't been practicing the oboe five hours that day because she was yeah. day drinking with alex in the yeah. park yeah she needed to needed to take a break yeah <laughs>
0: um but red Rodrigo happens to hear a lot of this time. The tail end
1: of it, yeah, where she was bad-mouthing him.
0: And then she apologizes, and he's like, no, don't apologize, you should tell me what you think, and I find that refreshing, and I I liked this scene, too, because he was really honest with her in this way that you're like, you, you can see it, and you can go, yeah, that's true. Like, he knows that she has something really special, but she's not ready to play in that group, what now? I mean, you could argue that like forcing her to tune when the principal should be tuning, yeah, doing all those things, <laughs> yeah, he really set her up for failure. But anyway, so I I was a little confused by this. So does he basically say you're my new assistant? Yeah, Is he going to fire I, the other
1: girl? I don't know. I I thought maybe it was a a different job. Oh, just like a tag like along, a,
0: follow him everywhere and do things. Yeah. like cut his I hair. I don't know.
1: I didn't get that impression, but. But then I wrote really big in capital letters synchronicity because yeah. she was just talking with Alex about how she had no work. She didn't know what she was going to do. Mm-hmm. And she put it out into the universe. And then she goes and all fired up yeah. to the office yeah. and she comes out of it with a job. Yeah. A really good job. Yeah. That puts her on the path towards what she wants to do anyway. That's right.
0: So. Very good way to tie it all up. And yeah. it was the first episode I've watched so far where I was like, "We got to the end," and I was like, "Oh, that's the end." I wasn't like how <laughs> <laughs> much longer? Much longer to be- <laughs> so I'm excited for episode four. Now we get to see where they go. Yeah, and then sh- she gets to cut his hair. Yeah, he he says, "Cut my hair." Yeah. So. Stay tuned, I guess, everybody. Episode yeah. four in a couple weeks. Whether you want it or not. Let us know what you think. Please. 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 Oboists. <laughs>
1: bassoonists. <laughs> Let us know.
0: Yeah. Bassoonists. <laughs>
1: you know who you are.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. And thanks also to our season sponsors, Arcrest, Potter Violins, and Aria Lights. Another
1: thanks to Alto Clef Gifts, where you can purchase viola shirts and mugs, and a
0: variety of other fun items featuring our beloved alto Club. If you loved today's episode, consider writing us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want the chance to hang with us and have access to behind-the-scenes audio and video recordings, check out our new Patreon. The Vielocentric theme music was written and produced by J.P. Wokeman and is performed by Steph and myself. Thanks again for listening. Let's talk soon.